What's your dream? What's your goal? What's your motivation? What's important to you? What's your passion? What can you do to change the world? This is What's Involved. Conversations with thought leaders and change makers from around the world. Hear stories of hope and inspiration to help motivate people like you to live your life, find your passion, and live your dream. Together, we can all bring positive change to our world. Now, here's your host, David Watts. And it is time for another What's Involved. This one is proudly brought to you by Capital Legacy. Leave a legacy. Now, we're doing a series of these chats, and I thought if we're going to chat um, about uh, all things wills and estates, etc., etc., um, Capital Legacy, great, great bunch of people. But who better to go to than the CEO of Capital Legacy, Alex Simeonides. Hello, Alex. How are you doing? Yeah, all right yourself, David. Good to be back. Good. It's, yeah, you know, I can't believe that uh, time flies so quickly. Um, but let's just talk a little bit uh, about uh, Capital Legacy. You're South Africa's number one wills and estate specialist. Um, you've got uh, an ad- a big, massive estate administration team that have got all the re- relevant sort of people under one roof as well. And today I thought talking about that, uh, let's, let's talk estate administration. But uh, maybe you've been, uh, I don't know, living under a rock or something and you haven't uh, met Alex yet. So, Alex, tell us a little bit about uh, Capital Legacy. Maybe they don't know about you guys. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. So uh, we uh, started uh, this little business 10, 10 years ago, 10 years ago uh, in September uh, this year. And, uh, yeah, our, our mission was to, to get more wills done and through the process of getting more wills done, set up an estate business, um, and, and ultimately to do one thing, and that's to make the, the, the loss of a loved one easier. And over these last uh, 10 years, decade, if you may, uh, we've really worked hard to, to make getting the will uh, more convenient, more accessible, um, and at the same time, looking at the, the, the state-to-state process, and it's obviously it's labored with uh, lots of bottlenecks and, and bureaucracy, um, and, and trying to simplify it, streamline it. We talk about putting the estate process into the wind tunnel like an F1 car and seeing how we can make it better. Um, and, and we really feel like we've been the pioneers in that space of one, getting the wills more accessible and convenient, and, and two, taking the estate administration uh, to, another, to another level. Okay, now, now, last month, I'm just casting my mind back. Um, <laughs> we talked about uh, one of the gaps that you... Uh, identified in this process in terms of rules and estates, et cetera, et cetera. And it led to the creation, I believe, of the Legacy Protection Plan. Eh? Now, That's right. just explain what is this Legacy Protection Plan and, and how does it fit in? Yeah, so, so exactly that. How does it fit in? So when you're, when you're doing a will, right, David, um, often people, until we sort of came about, often people then overlook this thing called the, the fees. Um, you know, and some people did have the foresight, they try to negotiate a little discount on the executive fee. But uh, what ultimately uh, happened then is you do the will, you, you pass away, and, uh, and then bang, you have all these fees, executor, trustee, conveyance fees. And, and these just suck all the cash and what we refer to as the liquidity uh, out of your state. So for example, uh, if you were supposed to be inheriting a house and there was no cash in the estate, um, then that house might need to be auctioned because it needs to pay for pay for the fees, right? Now, enter the, the legacy protection plan. What that does is it sucks up all those fees. It makes sure that not even just a discount, but 
all the executor trustee fees are taken care of. So in my example, that house doesn't need to be sold. It can go to, it can go to the beneficiary. And that's why we say the legacy protection plan protects your legacy. It makes sure that what you said in your will actually happens and, and doesn't fail because of this oversight of these, these, these enormous fees. Yeah, and it's, it's one of the things uh, that, that has struck me as well. And I've, I've come across a couple of instances where somebody's passed away and um, at the end of the day, despite them having their, their will in place, all of these fees and strange little financial things that happen um, and they end up not inheriting anything. So uh, you're saying with this uh, legacy protection plan, it's a, it's a sort of payment that uh, we make like on a monthly basis. And then all of those other expenses get taken care of due to that policy. Am I, did I understand correctly? Yeah. And, and, you know, and the significance of it is, you know, you just take a step back and look at it, David. I mean, I know it's our own product and we, and we, and, you know, can be seen to be plugging it, but just take a step back. How much does it cost you to, to go have a cup of coffee and a breakfast at a Wimpy or a mug and bean? And that's honestly the cost of this, 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 this plan every, every month. And, and yet we do that, you know, and this can take care of so much more. Um, although I think, you know, South Africans love their, their coffee and breakfast. So, so <laughs> let's not, let's not devalue that, you know, and just to put it into context, what small RANS amounts can, can make such an impact for, for those that you leave behind. And, and in terms of this, this legacy protection plan, I mean, if somebody's got a will and if they've drawn up their will with you or, or somewhere else, um, is, it, is it only for people who have their wills done by you, the legacy protection plan? So from a very technical point of view, um, the answer is no. You can bring in any will to us. The trick to the, to the plan is where we do the administration, not, not where we do the executor. Uh, because an executor can uh, outsource the administration. The real cost sits in the administration of the estate. So the plan works if we do the administration, which means that you can have a will. But obviously, if you've done a will with like an attorney or a bank, they're going to want to be the executor. They're going to want to do the administration. Why? Because they want to charge those fees. They want to overvalue the state. They want to then put a percentage on that, and then they, they, want, to, they want to buy Christmas presents. Yeah, yeah. Listen, yeah, you're speaking to, to the right person. Yeah, I know exactly about uh, those costs and how they do it. Okay, so essentially, um, easiest thing, even if you have a current will, just uh, have a chat to you guys, get it drawn up, find out about that legacy protection plan. Now, this is something, Alex, and uh, maybe we should talk a little bit uh, more about this when we come back um, because, yeah, sooner or later, this is going to happen to all of us. And I'm talking about death passing away. Uh, so let's talk about that when we come back. Uh, this is What's Involved that is proudly brought to you by Capital Legacy. Leave a legacy. My special guest is the CEO, Alex Simeonides. We'll be back in just a bit. This is What's Involved. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. More next. And we're back with my special guest, uh, Alex Simeonides. This is What's Involved. And uh, this edition proudly brought to you by Capital Legacy. So, Alex, just before the break, it's, it's like not something that we really want to think about. But at some stage, this is going to happen. We're going to lose somebody close to us. And I know, um, and I'm sure many people know firsthand, the trauma involved in that process. When you lose a loved one. Um, you don't even know where to start. You don't know how to start, what to do, um, where to look for in terms of the estate. So what do you kind of suggest there? 
So look, the, the, the first thing is, and it, I'm stating the obvious here, but you take out a whole lot of the uncertainty um, just by having a will that's valid. And then to, to step on from that, having a will that appoints either concurrently or, or together with a friend or family member or uh, specifically uh, and only uh, a professional executor. The truth of the matter, David, is that your, your best friend, your brother, your, your sister, um, you know, I don't, I don't know why this is, but there's this sort of conception that, uh, you know, if you're an accountant or a lawyer and, you, and you're working in one of the audit firms, you, you know what's happening with estates. And nothing could be further from the truth. People who do estates are specialists in estates. There's a, particular, there's a particular way things need to be done. You don't just call a bank. You call a specific area in the bank. And you don't just go to the court. You go to a specific court. You don't just transfer property. You go to a specific type of transfer. It's very specialist. You know, it's, it, you, you can't expect um, people who've never done it before to, to know uh, what to do. And then this all in the middle of that sudden loss uh, of a loved one and the, 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 the gyrations of emotions that happen you know, all the memories, now you're trying to figure out, you're trying to marry memories with money and, and, and you need that central person, if you may, that, uh, that independent person to, to be that rock, to, to point you in the right direction, to take that, that concern about money away for that moment in time so you can grieve, so you can reflect on the memories and then re- return to it with someone who's got a fiduciary or invested uh, responsibility to, to your well-being and the, and, and the money component that happens when someone uh, passes away. You know, Tony, uh, sorry, sorry, David, um, we've, uh, we've wound up more than 4,000 estates now. And so we've, we've come to, to learn firsthand um, what can cause delays. And this kind of confusion, uncertainty that you, you mentioned in your question is probably one of the biggest uh, uh, things that, that cause delays because not knowing which direction to, to go in. And having uh, a professional at points who's appointed in the world can go immediately. Let's go step one, step two, step three. And there's many steps. There's many steps, David, um, to, to, to actually get in the estate wound up. Well, I mean, I can speak to this uh, firsthand, Alex. Uh, and I think I've mentioned this to you before, but uh, uh, my fiance lost both her mom and her dad in a very, very short space of time. Um, there was obviously some money involved. There was a property involved. Um, there is a trust involved and there's another business, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and uh, her and her brother are executives, but they've appointed um, a, a lawyer, a, a legal company to, to, to wind this up. And so far, I think we're about 18 months in and yeah. uh, haven't had much progress at all. So, um, and, and, and these are people, I mean, they're lawyers, so, so you know, you would assume that they would do, um, you know, what they need to do. But as you've just mentioned, that you need specialists to do this. So, I mean, in my opinion, talking to people like yourselves is, is one of the best things to do because I just, I remember when, when it happened um, and because the, they, they passed away so closely, um, we were in an absolute mess. We didn't know what to do and what papers to have to get out and where to get and why to get. So this makes sense to me. Um, now, let's just talk about this quickly. So if we have um, a, a will, et cetera, et cetera, with you, um, how does your, your team, do you have a team? I mean, I mentioned earlier that there is a team, yeah. but is it a specialist bunch of people that sit under one roof and they go, okay, this is 
whose estate we're working on. Let's say, for example, David Watts has finally kicked the bucket. Um, you won't need a team for me. I guess probably one person working part-time. But um, what would they do then? Well, I like, I like that you focused on the team. So, so yes, to answer your question, we, we've got everyone under one roof. But just to qualify that, we, we believe the estate administration process needs to be close to home. So as much as you say under one roof, don't imagine our entire estate administration business being here in Joburg. We actually have it in Durban and Cape Town and Bloom, all over the country, because we, we believe in being close to the families and being in, in that vicinity uh, to them. But yeah, we've got a huge team uh, underneath one roof made up of various different role players. So maybe let's spend a little bit of time on, on the team and the role player that you would get uh, with us. So, so the first person you would actually have is, is a claim administrator. This is the person that will, will help you claim on your, on your legacy protection plan and also help you uh, and, the, and your financial advisor claim on other policies that you, you, may, you may have. Then you're going to uh, get a, an estate consultant. This is your, if you may, private banker for the estate. They don't actually do the estate administration. They are your go-to, your relationship manager. They are supported with an assistant. They are the person that will meet you. They will come out with the forms that you mentioned, David, that are all over the place and, and sit one by one, firstly, educating you in terms of what is step one, what is step five, what is step nine, okay? And be your go-to the, the whole way through the process. They are, they are skilled at, at managing uh, the, that moment of, of one's passing and that process that unwinds in terms of, of mourning whilst trying to move the estate along and, and be your, your punching bag and your go-to. Um, because it is a frustrating process, uh, and, and you need that. I can, then I can, you have, I can relate yeah. to that, Alex. Sorry, I mean, we, we had, um, there were investments, there were policies, there was stuff that nobody knew about, and then we had to find out, then we only found out later on, and then they had to get, ah, oh, it was an absolute nightmare. I would much rather have had, like, one person that I could phone and say, hey, listen, sort it out, please. Well, you wake up in the middle of the night. So what these guys say about because we're the only business that actually has this role called an estate consultant. Normally what you do is you just, you know, you, you have a file and the file goes to your person that's going to administer the estate. And we've learned you have this, this person, highly specialized person called a estate consultant. Their job is to receive your WhatsApp because you woke up in the middle of the night and remembered that once upon a time, your dad said that he had a share in Sunlight. And, and their job is to pull this all together for you. Uh, because it really is all over the place. And they know where to look as well. They know if you say X, they know where to look and find things um, because often things get overlooked. Um, I mean, I'll give you an example, David. <laughs> Guys take life insurance policies and they may have unfortunately passed away from an illness. That life policy had a, an had illness cover, but they died shortly after the illness cover. They never had a chance to chain, uh, uh, claim for the, the illness cover. My guys are trained to flag it and go to the life company and say, hey, 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 you should have paid twice here, not once. Mm, okay. Yeah, that makes, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Um, because you don't know what you don't know, right? Um, so, so that's why we want to, to always um, have them on hand. Then what we have is, is the actual estate administration process. And this is seen to by what we call an estate administrator. Uh, this is our, 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 our powerhouse. They're the ones that are on the phones to the banks, to the cell phone companies, to the medical aids. They're on the phones to the conveyance attorneys, the master of the courts, the accountants, the auditors, the, 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 the stock exchanges, the investment companies, the life policies, you name it. They, they, that's their job. Their job is to pull together 
all the information and put it down in what we call a liquidation and distribution account. Now, in order to get to that point, you need something that's called a, a letter of executorship, um, which grants us or grants us the appointment of executorship. Um, and then the, that actual work can, can, can commence. And they pull it all together and they, they almost do, I call it a photograph of your, your assets and liabilities at the moment you passed away. And then they do this video of what happened afterwards, all the rent and the uh, salary and, and everything that maybe was still claimable after the fact. And they put that together in this set of accounts for everyone. And that's called the liquidation and distribution accounts. The, the, the thing about that account, David, um, and you'll see when we, when we get appointed as the executor through the letter of executive, each estate gets a, an estate number from our, from, our, from our judiciary or the master of the court. That's because each estate is a court case. Each estate is different. Each estate has its own unique fingerprint. Um, no two estates are exactly the same. So you can't just uh, uh, cookie cut uh, the, the process uh, and say, well, this one's going to be the same. This one's going to be the same. It's very, very specific and bespoke. You can't automate these things, David. A, a, a person needs to sit and look at it, think about the tax implications, think about what's the best value to the beneficiaries, what's going to be quick, what's going to be slow, um, where we could have potential problems like people who are, who are occupying property and they shouldn't be occupying property and, and, and put those wheels in, in, in motion. And I think this is what causes families a lot of frustration because you may just look at something like um, a bank account, right? So David, you've got bank accounts, right? Mm. And you think it's something as simple as, oh, well, I've passed away and now the bank must pay over the money that I've got in my bank account. Nothing could be further from the truth. What actually needs to happen, for example, and it's because of the rife of, of fraud uh, in our country, is that banks have separate units in their, in, their, in their businesses that deal specifically with people who have passed away because their certificates get uh, falsified. People try claim other people's bank account money by falsifying or stealing people's identities and then pretending to be dead. Um, and, and, and we've got to go through these huge processes to authenticate with the banks that, no, no, this person really has passed away. They've got to check it against the, 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 the systems and then only they can actually start releasing money, which is understandable, but that, that's not like going to an ATM and, and drawing the money. Now, that's just one example of a, an item in an estate that needs to be dealt with. And that's why it's not just like a one month or two months process. No, okay. And, and can I can I once again I'll interject here. Sure. You cannot believe the things that come up though. Um, I remember one massive stumbling block um, was uh, a DSTV subscri uh, subscription. Yes. Yes. And, and it's one of the last things that you think about, but it's a problem because you can't just say cancel it because they can't just cancel it. So. <clears throat> These are the things that, that, that uh, you guys sort of work on and everything. I want to ask you a question, though, because this is one of the cool. desires that I would have had if I'd known about this stuff beforehand, is do you have a, a way of communicating with uh, your clients, I suppose, uh, the, 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 the people that, uh, that are you know, beneficiaries of the will or they are the executors, and keeping them up to date, because one of the most frustrating things that we found is we keep on having to phone these guys and say, hey, what's happening? Have you done this? And they'll go, oh, no, oh, by the way, we should have asked you about this, that, and the next thing. Um, and then we get that stuff and we send that off, and then we hear nothing. And then we've got a phone again. Are you guys proactive in terms of going, um, if, I was, if I was one of the members, you'd, you'd sort of give me a regular update? 
Sure. So, I mean, let's just first uh, qualify. Our communication strategy at the moment is a, is a work in progress. We've learned a lot of things, a lot of lessons, um, and it's a work in progress to, to make it more, more proactive. But our, our, what we've implemented is actually sort of a three-pronged approach to the communication uh, strategy, right? So the first is um, a standard type communication that comes out every, every two weeks, and it's got comments that relate to where we are uh, in, the, in the estate. But it's very impersonal, that kind of communication, and uh, only the very diligent uh, actually, actually read it. We often have a situation where, we, where a person like you would call in and uh, say, no, but I haven't heard from you guys, or I didn't know that. You didn't, didn't tell me that because we were just relying on this, this, this two-week or fortnightly communication. So we realized that we need a, a second prong to the approach. And the second prong to the approach is, and I mentioned this estate consultant, their job at, at key milestones in the estate, okay, is to call you in, uh, not call you in necessarily, just have a phone call, for example, and discuss certain things and do a sense check. Have we got this? You said this. I said this. You said this. We said this. You said that. Do a reconciliation of the, of the first meeting because... Trust me, David, everything changes from the first meeting to the last meeting. There's so much that changes. So we've implemented a second prong where at certain milestones, our uh, consultant has to call and sit and, and, and go and cover certain things. Um, and then the third one is, is actually uh, one that we are uh, we launching soon. And that's something where you can actually look at the estate live from your phone. You can actually see what's going on at any point in time. And anytime something changes, you get a little notification. To say that hey, there's there's movement. Yeah, come have a come have a look. Um, so we're trying to cover all three types of scenarios um, where we've seen a deficiency of just having say an automated SMS or, or email going out, which lacks which lacks you know uh, it's very impersonal uh, per se. So yeah. work in progress, David. Work in progress. Um, okay, well, uh, listen, I'm I'm happy. At least you guys are doing something in in that direction because as I said, that's been incredibly frustrating. Um, just before we go to uh, another break, Alex. Um, on average, how long, because a, a, a lot of people get this wrong. I was one of them. I thought, okay, well, two, three months, this should all be sorted out. And as I said, we, we're 18 months down now. So what is the average that it takes to wind up an estate? So let me answer the question is what's the, the perfect number? We've calculated it. The perfect number is 8.7 months. That's if everything goes according to plan. There is nothing you can actually do to make it quicker then 8.7 months. So that's your starting point, right? The reality is it can be 12 to, to 14 months because that's the perfect white picket fence. Everything's perfect. Nothing, nothing goes wrong. Um, um, and, uh, and, and so you're looking at about 12 months um, with us up to 14. Some stuff can get crazy. I mean, for, you know, if, if, if the, the revenue service, SAS, our good friends, uh, need to audit the, the estate, um, if there's been a death as a result of unnatural causes, you know, like a car accident, um, these things need to be investigated. Um, if, if there's not enough cash in the estate, these things can push out that, that time. Okay, um, Alex, Alex, sorry to interrupt. Let's talk a bit more about that uh, when we come back um, sure. and just uh, see what could make uh, your estate take longer to wind up. This is what's involved. This edition proudly brought to you by Capital Legacy Leave a legacy. My guest is the CEO, Alex Simeonides. We'll be back in just a bit. We'll be right back with more What's Involved. David would love to hear from you. To leave a voice message, visit whatsinvolved.com and click drop me a voice note. And we're back. What's Involved proudly brought to you by Capital Legacy. 
Alex Simeonides, CEO of Capital Legacy, is my guest. Just before the break, Alex, uh, we were talking about some of the things that can impact um, the winding up of an estate. Because I've now, again, you know, when, as soon as, this is weird. It's the kind of thing, like wills and estates, mm-hmm. kind of thing you never, ever think about until it happens to you. And then suddenly you find out there's a lot of other people that are going through something similar. And then the horror stories come out. I've heard of these things taking years uh, to, to actually get sorted out. So we've talked about if they've died of unnatural causes. Um, we've talked about uh, liquidity, if they've got financial issues. This is the place where that legacy protection uh, plan would come into play, wouldn't it? Correct, correct. Having the, having the, the legacy protection plan, having your, your life insurances in place um, to cover things like your bond and your personal loan. Because uh, yeah, I think, I, I think the, one of the fallacies, David, is people think that your, your debt dies with you. And uh, it certainly doesn't. It needs to be settled. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. yes, huge <laughs> Everybody wants their chunk of the change there. Um, what about, um, you know, if, if there is a will that's going along and suddenly I go, but hang on. I'm, I, I yeah, don't, you, I'm you t- you're talking about a contested will. Yes. <laughs> oh, so, I mean, other things that can hold up the estate. So a, a, a will that is being contested. Um, you know, you've got family members, maybe one got cut out the will, which we'll touch on in a moment. And now someone's contesting the will. That's it. Everything freezes. The master of the court freezes. Everyone needs to freeze. And this needs to go to court. This needs to go to a high court with the lawyers and the advocates. Everything freezes. Nothing can continue. And it's quite, a, it's quite a, uh, we get it quite often uh, where, where a will is contested. Um, Another one, and, and I alluded to it, my will would be contested because obviously someone's been cut out the will. Um, and, and this brings about what we call a spouse or children's claim. So our laws provide for specifically children that you can't cut your children out if they say under the age of 18, you know, maybe, maybe one year. And they can actually lodge a claim against the estate uh, that's, that's enshrined in our, in our constitution. And this can also destabilize an estate because now all of a sudden, uh, and we've got to accept it. I mean, it's, it's, it's law. Um, and we've got to do a calculation. And oh, just because a will wasn't well thought out, um, this can really slow down, um, slow down an estate. Uh, look, there's other things as well, David, you know, apart from, from beneficiaries. We are, we are in a world where there's institutions, and these institutions can drop the balls, um, can make life difficult, but they also have their reasons. So, you know, earlier in the conversation, we were talking about the banks needing to vet and, 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 and mitigate identity theft. But, um, but also, you know, you can have uh, the revenue service. They, they need to uh, audit certain estates. You don't know when they're going to swoop. They're perfectly entitled to. And if they do, David, that's it. You're, you're locked in audit. Um, you can't distribute money. You can't do anything. Um, you're in audit. And we've got to sit there and fight. And they don't make it easy. I mean, you've got to go actually make an appointment at SARS uh, where you are. And we've got to go there and sit and wait in a queue for a whole day um, to now go fight the fight on the audit, uh, you know, for example. And you only get the appointment in, this, in a few weeks, you know. So yeah. all these well, things I, I, can I, The other one I, I, I know for a fact that the Canon R backlogs is in the, at the master's office. I mean, with us, it, it actually seemed like something out of a comedy because. Um, initially, there was there was a break in apparently, and all of their computers were stolen. So Ooh, were you caught on that one? Yeah, put everything on ice. 
Um, then things got back on track, and then suddenly um, there was a story, something to the effect of they hadn't paid uh, their, their water and lights bill, so they'd been cut off, so nobody was working. Yeah, and then they got hacked. Their systems got hacked, so we, yeah, we had all so, of that. Yeah. We had all of that. We had all of that last year, yeah. yeah Look, the, only, the only way we found out about that was by our constant phoning and saying, hey, what's happening? So, Again, you need somebody on your side that knows about this stuff. Because- so, so look, I mean, we can we can we can moan about the master's offices, um, and yeah, sure, they've dropped the ball as well. You know, I mean, getting hacked, not paying your rent, not having enough staff. But on the flip side of the coin, is they have when they do have staff, they've got really good staff. Um, lawyers, they really do pay attention to each estate. Uh, more often than not, they're fighting for the interests of the beneficiaries against. Uh, against unscrupulous executors. Um, and, and so that's why these sort of walls are created because they really are trying to, to fight for beneficiaries. And I know it's a bit, of course, for me to defend them, but you know they do do an excellent job. And, and if you have an established relationship with them, and look, we get into fights with the master. I mean, we have a fight at the moment with one at the moment because we, you know, we have a disagreement, a professional disagreement. Um, but that's between us and them. And uh, notwithstanding that, we have a relationship with them, with all the master's officers. And and really, it's working well. You know, the stuff, the, there's no, if you don't know what you're doing or you haven't invested in, in, in being aligned with them for the interests of the beneficiaries or knowing what you're doing in, in that place, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna come up short. Um, but obviously, if you're doing, you know, you're in the business of estates and, and you've got those relationships and you know how to, how to work within their system, um, it's okay at the moment. And, and, uh, and actually, it's not too bad um, when they're not hacked or having their officers change. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I mean, you know, it's, 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 yeah, it is, it's life and it, you can get as frustrated as you like, not going to change any of that. Um, Alex, we got, and, and every month we do ask uh, people to send in our, in their questions and questions okay. they want answered. So when we come back, as we wrap up, I've got a bunch of questions that have been sent through uh, by some of the listeners. So we'll dive into those then and uh, see how many of those we can get through uh, in the time Best we have life. left. Right, there we go. Alex Simeonides is my guest CEO of Capital Legacy. This is what's involved. It is proudly brought to you by Capital Legacy. In case you were wondering why we're we talking about Capital Legacy, because I think uh, it's a brilliant service. I think uh, it's something that certainly um, in the last couple of years has, has really been brought to the forefront of, of my mind. And I know lots of people struggle with this. They don't understand. So we decided we're going to have a look at all these different aspects. That's why we've got Alex on with us. We'll be back with your questions in just a bit. Hey, like what you're hearing? Share the podcast with your family and friends and spread the word. This is what's involved. And we're back. What's involved brought to you by Capital Legacy uh, and my special guest, CEO of Capital Legacy, Alex Simeonides. So, Alex, a couple of questions. Have you got your seatbelt fastened? No, I'm ready. Because <laughs> some of them I looked at and I was like, I don't know. Um, so <laughs> the first one comes in uh, from Ryan. And Ryan says, can I change the executors that are currently winding up my mother's estate? And those executors is a bank, apparently. So my short answer is no. Um, when you're appointed as the executor, it's come from a court. Um, it's not a commercial appointment that, that you've made. And the answer is, is no, unless they renounce, which is highly unlikely, uh, or alternatively, if they're found to have 
completely broken the law, committed fraud, stolen from the estate, which is also unlikely. So unfortunately for Ryan, he's going to need to work with the uh, bank um, and try to get the best results he, he possibly can, unfortunately, if he's not happy. Mm, doesn't sound like he's happy. Anyway, let's move on to the next one. Uh, Louise wants to know, how would you then, if there is a problem, how would you go about contesting a will? So the, the steps is, 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 is actually quite straightforward, but it's a long and arduous process. You need to get, a, you need to get an attorney. You can't just ask the executor to contest the will. Uh, a little bit of conflict of interest there. Uh, you need to get an attorney. That attorney would need to approach a high court, uh, which means you would need to, to go with an advocate, and you would need to apply to the high court to tell the, the master of the court that, hey, this will is invalid or wrong for these, these reasons and wait for a judgment uh, from, the, from the court. This costs money. This takes time. Um, so caution, Louise. Make sure that when you've consulted with the attorney, you've looked at all the pros and cons, and if there's no other solution um, with, for the reasons that you contest in the will. Mm, because that, that can end up costing you a lot of money. All right. Uh, next up, we have Olivia. And she reckons uh, she's married in community of property. So does she still need a will? Absolutely. You still need to, to do a will. You have, you have a joint estate, combined estate in community, uh, uh, best, best describes it. Um, but you can, and, and, and half of that estate, because it's a joint estate, will always go to, to Olivia's uh, spouse. But then, uh, you know, she can also do uh, what she may with the other half of the uh, uh, estate. She may also want that to, to go to uh, her spouse. But, you know, also Olivia needs to do well, because what if she has children, right? And she may say everything going to my spouse, but if they both pass away, what's going to happen then? You need a will to say what's going to happen. Maybe it's going to need to go to the kids or nieces, nephews. So yes, absolutely, she's going to need to do a will. Well, again, going back to my own experience um, with my fiance's mom and dad passing away, so so sort of with such a short interval between them, because you know her mom's will, um, she'd left everything then to her dad, and then you know from when her dad then passed away, he'd left everything to the children. So, uh, yeah, you got you got to make sure. And I think, uh, I don't know, what do you say? Separate rules are just a good, good best I, practice. I always, always, you know, if you're, not, if you're not paying for the wills, which is why kind of people that joined wills was to save the will drafting fee, which doesn't exist nowadays, you know, because people like us don't charge. Just go a separate wills. It's the cleanest and, and best. Okay. And then uh, another one from Yaku. He says, my late father's estate uh, is... Uh, with a bank, and they've been appointed as the executives. The question he wants to ask is, how much may they charge as executive fees? And then what happens if there are not enough funds to administer that estate? Well, well, well uh, you know, he's talking directly to the reason why we have the legacy protection plan. So the, the fee on the executor uh, bill is 3.5% of the gross asset value. So that's not assets less debts, David. That's the gross asset value times three and a half percent, and then bang, add VAT for it. So on a million rand, uh, you're looking at about four hundred forty-one thousand uh, rand. Then, if there's been interest or rent or that kind of thing that's been earned, um, they are able to charge a further six percent on that. Um, to the last piece of the question, if there's no money, so the executive fee is as almost as secured as what's owed to SARS. They are very entitled to actually sell the house and and uh, keep what their share of the, the, the proceeds are for their fees. And, uh, you know, I don't want to talk to the bank's practices, but they may very well do that because they're a secured 
not just a creditor, they're a secured creditor and are fully within their rights to, to do that. Um, I don't agree with that principle. We have a rule where we, we work, where we don't, we don't sell property if there's a shortfall for whatever reason, fees, not taking the bonds. We, we, we just don't have a rule. We don't put people out of homes. Um, we actually renounce on the estates, um, try to let them sit and help families. That's, that's terrifying. I mean, if, if you, if what your loved ones passed away and you think, well, you know, I've got the house, I've got some security for me and the kids. And suddenly you find, no, you don't. They're going to take the house. Yeah. Okay. So this is that, that, that's that legacy uh, protection plan that comes in there. Exactly why you need it. Okay. We're going to have to talk after this at some stage. Uh, okay. Um, we've got time for one or two more. Uh, Ernest reckons, in my will, I've stated that if I pass away, my property should be sold and the profits divided equally between my children. So who determines the value or the, or the selling price of the properties in my estate? And, and again, I can speak to this because the property uh, that we're on, um, we also, they, they had to come, somebody had to come and tell us how much it's worth. We had no idea. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the, the selling price will be that of willing buyer, willing seller. So we would typically appoint uh, a, an estate agent or several, we never appoint one. Um, alternatively, we'll look at, at an auctioning process and we would use the principles of willing buyer, willing seller. And we would um, guide the transaction by saying, hey, this is the, you know, we do one of those typical lightstone reports where you look at the most recently sold properties. Um, we would look what the reserve price could be in the event of an auction. Because our job and our fiduciary duty is to get the absolute most we possibly can. But the underpinning thing there is possibly can, because sometimes you can try to push it too far and you won't get any buyers. And you know that whole story then. Then the, the house sits and could become devalued as a result. So, so we step into the shoes of, the, of, the, the, of Ernest in this case and, and try to do as equally a good a job as he would to get the, the best uh, price um, for the beneficiaries. All right. And then uh, the, the final question, this is, this is uh, from, from my side because somebody actually asked me this the other day and I said, um, I think so, but I don't know the answer. If we already have a will and it's all signed and sealed and the whole lot and it's being, um, you know, we've done it through the bank or we've done it through um, an insurance company or whatever the case may be. Maybe we've even gone to a lawyer and, and drawn up, a, up the will. And now listening to what you've been saying, I go, oh, uh-uh, don't think so. Um, can we and are we allowed to then go and say, Mr. Bank, Mr. Lawyer, Mr. Whoever, thank you very much, but I no longer uh, wish my will to be held with you. And then approach like a capital legacy and say, okay, guys, you said you can draw up my will for free. Let's go. So probably if you're paying, for example, a, a, an annual safe custody fee, you would, you would need to tell the bank then thanks, but no thanks. But if you're not, you actually just need to do a new will uh, with us. And in the will, we uh, always say this will supersede all previous wills. So you don't even need to call the bank if you don't have any sort of debit order with them for the, for the will. The new will will simply just replace it. Fantastic. Alex, uh, we, we're running out of time, but you're going to be joining me again uh, next month as we continue into this uh, series. Uh, this time, uh, next month, we're going to be talking about the different types of trusts that are available. And this is one thing that I have no clue on. And, and the, the concept of a trust is just beyond me. So you're going to have to like really... Oh, you're making it tricky, huh? <laughs> you have to really talk to the lowest common denominator in me 
uh, when we talk about that. Uh, so we're going to be talking about trusts that are available. Why trusts? Are they worth it? Uh, we're going to be talking about are there wills that are available to cover offshore assets? Is that mm-hmm. something else? That's another entire uh, uh, sort of can of worms there. So well, we, we certainly go in higher grades. I'll be sure to to take it down to the, <laughs> uh, the, to the lowest denominator. <laughs> Yeah, you know, if David can understand it, then most people will be happy. Um, so listen, if you've got any questions that are related to trusts or offshore wills uh, that you'd like Alex to talk about and to cover, please send an email to what's involved, that's W-A-T-T-S, involved at capitallegacy.co.za and ask your questions there. When we get Alex on air again, uh, we'll see how many of those questions we can get answered for you. I think this is cool because normally, you know, these type of consultations would uh, cost a rand or two. And then this is just something that you guys are doing because you're so passionate about it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, so just to remind the listeners, if you do want to check us out or get in touch, um, you can simply visit us at capitallegacy.co.za, uh, drop us your, your phone number, and uh, we'll arrange for someone to chat to you. Okay, and the nice thing is uh, you guys do those consultations either online, in person, or on the phone. So very easy uh, and convenient. And uh, how long does it take to to get through this? So we we recommend we we recommend an hour, David. Uh, We think an hour will always uh, give us the full value and not take uh, any unnecessary uh, time. And uh, yeah, in that time you'll you will and you'll be in a better position with regards to your fees, and you can go home and. uh, and sit at the dinner table with um, some peace of mind. Wonderful stuff. Alex, thank you so much uh, for taking the time out. I know that you are incredibly busy, but uh, I do appreciate it. Uh, We'll chat to you again next month. Fantastic. Thanks, David. Enjoyed it. There we go. That was uh, my special guest, Alex Simeonide, CEO of Capital Legacy. Um, Just a quick quick reminder that uh, if you would uh, like to have any questions uh, regarding um, trusts or the types of wills available for your uh, offshore assets, then just send those questions to what's involved at capitallegacy.co.za and I'll get Alex to answer as many as we can. Wraps it up for this uh, edition. And uh, to each and every one of you, look after yourselves, take care, and thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to What's Involved. We hope this episode inspires you to find your passion and live your dream. Don't forget to rate, review, and share the podcast. And to see what's happening, what's going on, and what's coming, follow What's Involved on Facebook and Twitter at What's Involved. Thanks again for listening.